0: Hi everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL show. We are getting closer and closer to the season starting and it's great to have everyone with us. Great to have Mark Cockrell back who was... Uh, looking very busy there just a wee second ago. It was good timing, Mark, but a uh, no, here. Look, great to have the squad back ahead of the new season. The NFL season for the 2022 season starts September the 8th. The Bills against the Rams. And September the 11th is the first NFL Sunday of the season. In this episode, we are going to talk about the most prized division in football, the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you very much. You can get us on YouTube as well irish nfl show to see our lovely faces because we're all so awake and excited i'm buzzing to talk about this column Uh, let's kick it off let's talk about the titans the tennessee titans the number one seed in the afc last season many titans fans believe they are being underlooked now then forever Uh, it's a huge year for the quarterback and a huge year for mike Vrabel. what are your thoughts on this team as they enter the 2022 nfl season
1: I think they look back on last year as an enormous missed opportunity to get the the number one seed and then go out as they did. And you heard Tannehill talk about he still has nightmares about it. Yeah, I, I can see why because it was it was there for them. Given what we saw the Bengals do, given what we saw the Titans were capable of at times last year, they. They made no sense, right? They lost to the Texans at, at, at one point. Obviously, they lost Eric Henry, but they kept going. To me, look, this is about Mike Vrabel more than anything. He is incredible, like his ability to adapt to the, the any given situation. Um, so he, he's the key, but losing AJ Brown hurts. Um, obviously, their D line, um, wreaked havoc last year. And I think if they are to have a good season, that's going to be so important. Again, Jeffrey Simmons, I think the NFL world woke up to, to him last year, um, but there, there are others. To me, vari- variable is the key, but I cannot see how this Titans team right now is as good, it, and let, let alone better, than it was this time last year.
2: Yeah, Raven might be great, but I'm not sure the fans would have the same view of their GM, John Robinson, who traded right away their prized asset outside of the, the running back in, in the draft on draft night in, in A.J. Brown, and they brought in two two wide receivers in the fourth and in third round, They trade in books first round, Kyle Phillips in the third, and essentially they're saying to these two guys, right, you're going to step up immediately, you're going to be part of this offense. They brought in Robert Woods from the Rams, who in fairness was having a great season before he got the ACL injury in November, and obviously it benefit the round because he had Odell Beckham in the background, but he is he gonna be right? You know, it's too many question marks for me. Henry got injured in week eight last year. You know, he has been prone over the years and is it any surprise he's the bathroom ram and, and he's the main man in the offense you look at the offensive line, it's a bit you know, there's not a lot of players in terms of the backup they lose a couple of players. Where's the players to step in? And you know, I think I've heard my views so many times on the show about how I feel about their quarterback. I think he in the big games, you know, I look back to the playoffs over a few years and, okay, they had a win when they went into Baltimore and they won in the playoffs. But then you look at the years thereafter, they lost in Kansas City in the championship game. I think then Baltimore went in and beat them in Tennessee just last year where the Bengals went in and beat them. And he's just not consistent enough for me. He's, he's a good quarterback in his own right, but he's not at that top level to, for me to get that team over the hump. And once they might make the playoffs, I don't believe they would be in any position to Go to the playoffs defensively. Yeah, they've been they've had some injuries. I mean, Kenneth Farley, who was the first round pick the previous year, I mean, we didn't even see enough of him last last year. Dupree was injured. Took a chance on him. He was in. He had injuries. Came back. Yeah, we saw that big night in LA where they where they came came alive, and that defense can come alive. But I just don't think there's enough of around the team for me to go all the way to the Super Bowl. I'm I'm concerned whether they'll even have you know the season they had last year in terms of making the playoffs.
3: Jesus, number one seed being condensed to the dustbin pretty quickly. The dustbin of history. Um, Traylon Burks is going to be a star. Here, let's have some positivity for the time. Trailon Burks is going to be amazing. He look, you know, he he looks great. He plays football. He plays football. That's a bit of an obvious thing. But he looks like he's born to play football. and that he will You know, not in year one. You can't just replace A.J. Brown like like that and trade him to the Eagles. Obviously, it was a big uh, move by John Robinson there, but he will produce for the Titans. Like, positivity there. Derek Henry's going to be back. He's going to be fully healthy, fully recovered. Come on, Titans. This is going to be great. This is going to be fine. And let's remember, they've won their division the last couple of years. Ray has had them playing some great football, playing some great football into January and February for the most part last season exempted obviously um, so there is a lot to like and there's definitely a lot to like about that defense I mean we, we can talk about the Colts having a great defense and we'll talk about them shortly and they've had a very good defense the Titans however last year at times were Amazing. Towards the second half of the season, they looked like they had problems with their secondary at the start of the season, but they tightened up significantly, and of course, even the game they lost with nine sacks, a playoff record number of sacks. The line wrecked havoc, as Colin rightly alluded to. But the problem... Is As the guys are alluding to, it feels very strongly like what the Titans have done during the offseason is tread water or maybe slightly drop back. And the reality is when you look at the rest of the AFC, everyone else seems to have loaded up on guns and called their friends. And the reality is, therefore, have they slipped further behind the bills of this world, the charge of this world, the chiefs of this world? Yes. Even in this division Look at what the Colts have done now in vastly upgrading their quarterback position. And so the challenge in the division is going to be real for them. Um, Titans fans, are you being overlooked? Have you been overlooked? Probably. Are you going to be overlooked again? Yeah, definitely. They're not going to have enough. Um, It's going to be a drop back for them this season. And it's because actually of the business during the offseason, as opposed to the talent of their head coach in particular.
0: I mean, they're definitely football players. I'll, 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 uh, I'll give you that. Um, The (laughs) good to have you back, man. The the question mark. If you had to give one team a big fat question mark and put it all over the field and paint it, and you see it from a drone or a plane above, it's at Nissan Stadium, and it's with the Tennessee Titans. Um, I don't know what to think about this team this year, like an 18 game season with a fully fit Derrick Henry we're talking over 2,000 yards rushing because Ryan Tannehill and I agree Traylon Burks has the the serious potential to be an explosive playmaker at the wide receiver position in this league it's going to take him time it's going to take it could take him 12 to 18 months to get to that level it's a massive gamble to trade away AJ Brown and then put that pressure on that wee lad's shoulders like sound like a granny saying that um I think the most intriguing story of this year is Ryan Tannehill. If if you take the quarterbacks in the AFC and you know we've done a preview without going into detail on the AFC West, for example, where does Ryan Tannehill stack up? In, in in 12 months' time, the Titans can get rid of Ryan Tannehill or they can go for another year and they can see the crack what do they do I don't think Malik Willis comes in this year at all don't get me wrong but I just don't know if Ryan Tannehill is the lad to take this Titans team over the edge I'm also concerned about the cornerback room for the Titans it's quite light Is very going to have to rely on this defense in certain positions on maybe unproven rookies or players that might struggle a bit that's an issue for me the special teams needs improving as well Um, but the funny thing is and you sort of say it like you know this is the team that ran the ball 551 times in last year they could come out and do that and do grand and we could be looking like idiots in six months time but they might not but one thing is sure for me of class I love him I would love him to coach the team I support he's great crack he looks like he smokes 20 marble reds on the sideline every game he's that stressed and uh I'm getting excited for week one now. Big week one game for the Titans going up against Brian's Giants, Brown.
2: Yeah, I just wanted to touch back on the the wide receiver piece. I mean, the draft itself this year was highly stacked with wide receivers and everybody felt it was one of the strongest pool of wide receivers in a couple of years. I mean, we had three go in the top 12 in Wilson, London, and Jameson Williams with the the Lions trading up. And I feel a lot of teams have looked at last year and how productive Jamar Chase was in his first year. But I think if we roll back to this time last year, what were the expectations for the Bengals? What were the expectations for Jamar Chase immediately to step in and be the wide receiver that we saw last year? And I think that's where I feel for training. I kind of agree with Michael, I feel for training books because straight away, you're, you're going to the number one seed. The Titans fans, maybe not all of us feel they'll have the most productive season in terms of you know being as strong as they were last year, but Titans fans expect them to be challenging again. And the aspiration is going to be there for the team. The, the GM would expect playoffs. The head coach would expect the playoffs. And it's a lot to put on a wide receiver, and as well as that, now they're even talking about the turnover big being productive as well. So, it would be interesting to see how his offense and Tannehill is so inconsistent for me. We've seen games like you touched on earlier, the lost to the Texans. I think in a roundabout way, it's a kind of a nice game for the Giants to start. I mean, we've seen the, we've seen teams go in there and knock them off. It's the kind of game no one expects the Giants to beat them. Could they beat them? Could they shock it? Yeah, potentially. Could they get blown out? Yes. Again, ultimately, I think it depends on how Derek Henry starts. But I don't expect to. The wide receivers to be hotting things up so early in the season. Rush back
0: to the end of December last year, um, and a new year—well, start of January this year—a a new year was beginning, and the Indianapolis Colts were going to Jacksonville, and and all they had to do was win. And by God, the day mm, up, might like Jesus, lads, like that is like bad. Like, really, really bad what happened. And we've seen Jim say what he's done afterwards. And we've had the great opportunity to talk to Chris Ballard on the show in the off-season. Great lad. 9-8 um, and eight last season. This is the thing, right? So, the Colts, column. The Colts bring in Matt Ryan. I don't think there's any team in the league this off-season. Maybe bar the Broncos in that position. But looking at what the Colts had outside of Matt Ryan, They've really improved themselves in the sense of bringing in a guy that is such a high caliber quarterback when he plays well.
1: Yeah, I think one of the biggest things around Matt Ryan is the maturity that he will bring. I think one of the issues, right, that um, if you read between the lines, right, you can see a lot of stuff. And Carson Wentz had actually some good moments last year and he wasn't turning the ball over as much as in his last year with the Eagles but what we constantly seemed to come out was Carson Wentz was uncoachable right he just he wouldn't listen and he had that kind of entitled frat boy attitude and that's all very well if um, you're winning games but doesn't work when you're not, and when you go and you lose to the the Jags to cost the the Colts the playoff place. Well, you know it is it's a huge upgrade, and I think Frank Reich and Matt Ryan could be very very good together. I think Matt Ryan is even potentially a better QB than Philip Rivers was when he went there. You know, I think Matt Ryan could have a couple of really solid years. I think there's a lot to like um, in, in what the, the Coles have. They need their O-line to, to stay healthy, uh, certainly. They have really good pieces on defense, right? Um, they, Darius Leonard, Forrest Buckner, they brought in Ngokwe, Gilmore, but... Is is Gus Bradley the the right guy to make the most of that? That's probably my biggest concern. And the other thing I, I would say that stood out to me when we were talking about Derrick Henry is Frank Reich said over the summer that you do not win um, championships, as in Super Bowls, uh, when you have the um, the NFL's leading rusher. It's not how you win anymore. So as good as Jonathan Taylor is, and he is absolutely incredible, I don't think you'll see him have as many rushing yards this year. They might well use him, um in the passing game, but that is something, I think, to keep an eye on.
2: 7,811 yards last year and over 40 receptions. He was the second highest, rece- you know, in terms of receptions in the team. They were so reliant on him. And when there was games where he was taken out, we saw that in, we, in that last game, you know, he was taken out of the game, you know, and... Probably left with they've left with players such as Paris Campbell and you know is he going to make the step up this year and this was something that we we kind of gathered from the interview with with the GM Chris Ballard recently and we've spoke to other people in, in terms of the Coles, uh fans view that these players are all kind of recognizing the fact of how important Matt Ryan is and that these other players will step up and Perry, man, the second year uh, I think he's contract to towards year now so he's been really productive these players have got to step up got to take the pressure off Taylor and um, and also he, I think Matt Ryan can do that. I think they can put themselves in a position to win the division. I mean, bear in mind, they were only one game off going to the playoffs last year. So, as, as bad as things were last year, it went and he was uncoachable. but they still came towards the playoffs. And I think, I actually think uh, the Gilmore signing is, is good. I think um, people felt he kind of dropped off slightly when he went to the Pandas. but I think he's still got the player, He still the player that he was. Within reason, from his days on the page. And I think he's kind of proud of that. not so much, but uh, being so productive. But the experience he's had, he's had that can help that team trying to get over the hump and win the division.
3: Michael, I, I don't want to ruin the rest of this preview, but let's be frank: this is a two-team division. Like there are there are other divisions that are competitive. This is a two-team division. The other two teams in this division might as well not exist. Of course, they <laughs> Oh, but for the fans, we'll talk about them and we'll talk about how bad they are. Don't worry. Um, but the reality is that there's only two teams that can win this division. There's only two teams that are in contention to win this division. And one of them has maybe taken lateral or backward steps and the other has taken a sea change forward. You're right. During the summer, had Chris Ballard on the show, he's amazing guest. Uh, the reality is he did two of the biggest and probably best pieces of business in the NFL during the off-season. One as you alluded to, bringing in Matt Ryan. The second, getting rid of Carson Wentz. And how he still did that, I don't know. I mean, does he have blackmail photos on people at the commanders? I still can't understand how quite he negotiated that. That, that just He's in the Hall of Fame for that trade of all time. Um, they have done more, and you alluded to it, Mike, and I fully agree. Other than the Broncos, they have done more to upgrade the quarterback position, being the most important position on the field, than anyone during this offseason. That in itself is a sea change forward. Jonathan Taylor is a start. Yes, they didn't have a first-round pick. They've tried to upgrade in the second and third round. They picked Pierce in the second round. Jelani Woods is a tight end in the third round. They double-dipped again in tight end later in the draft. And they'd like to see some production from those picks to give themselves further options. But they've still got a lot of stars on the defensive side. Some of the steps the lads have alluded to can improve. But Matt Ryan far greater than um Carson Wentz and I'll go as far as says, Matt Ryan's gonna have his best season in the NFL since 2016 and that will be enough to make the Colts not only a serious contender in this division but a serious contender in the playoffs generally bingo uh Jonathan
0: Taylor column I'm, I'm bringing this up because I know we've talked a lot about the cowboys and about Elliott and certain contracts. The average salary for a running back in the NFL, and I know we don't pay running backs, you're not you're supposed to, is $16.3 million. Currently, Jonathan Taylor is the 37th ranked running back in the league at $1.957 million through 2024. He is the 774th highest player in the league, and he's an incredible player. That says a lot. And, um, I like where the Colts are at. The one issue I have at the minute is, I think, outside of uh, Pittman, a wide receiver, I think Matt Ryan needs somebody else to throw the ball to. You're you're asking, like, I mean, Alec Pierce is going to have to take a step up there. But the reality is, last year, there was so much heaviness on the run. We've seen again in the game against the Patriots. I know Mark can only say, Taylor, 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 Taylor. Now, it's not just Taylor, it's Tinker, Taylor, and you get Matt Ryan who can throw the ball a few times, give Taylor a bit more rest and allow the team to gel more. I'm excited to see how this team is going to play and I fully agree with what Mark is saying. You know, down the line, you could be looking at Darius Leonard having a star game come in the middle of January or towards the end of January if the Colts stay healthy. I think the Blank family in Atlanta need to get a very, very good look at themselves. Who's
2: they, next? They, they need an offensive line to stay healthy. Yeah. Spoke better tonight, you know, the team revamping offensive lines. Matt, we've seen Matt Ryan uh, unfortunately be destroyed, you know, with his time in with the Falcons because the offensive line was so erratic. You know, we if we get a situation where there's injuries, we we could be seeing the Matt Ryan who struggles and throws interceptions. But
0: Yeah. Uh, let's let's run on the next team. We've got the Texans. Uh, the Texans call him Davis Mills as of the time of recording as a starting quarterback in Houston. Lovie Smith has been the head coach of the Houston Texans from around the same time Mark disappeared off the interweb. So that's no, like I'm going to give you like week four. I'm going to keep bringing these things up. I'm joking. Uh, so it's an interesting year for the Texans. My issue column is Lovey Smith is a good guy for this team short term. I just don't really see what the long term play is there, but this team really seemed to like him. He's done a lot already for Houston. You know, he, in my opinion, is a good coach. A good head coach, maybe one that might have been respected a bit more in Chicago, but you know, Chicago, I don't know, lads. We'll talk about them in the NFC North preview.
1: Yeah, no, I love he's talented, but they treated David Culley appallingly. Okay, I went on my infamous rant uh, about the the Texans last year, and yeah, they won four games, but the the run game was the worst in franchise history. They're the worst total points differential in franchise history, um, and they hung it all on David Culley, a man who um, acted with nothing but dignity and respect in what was a, a horrible situation for him. Um, the the Texans had their part to play and they have uh, made payments this off-season to rid themselves of uh, what was the, the stench and they've moved on from their former QB and they will hope um, to leave that um, behind them. To me, this season for the Texans is really about finding out who... Who is there for the future? Um, and I always feel for for fans of teams when they're doing that, because ultimately, you know, they're paying a huge amount of money to support their team. They put so much into it, and the, the team is kind of treading water a little bit. It's all about, like, is Davis Mills going to be a, a franchise QB? At times last year, you could say he was probably... Second best of the the rookie QBs. Um, yeah, he had some really poor games, but most of the the rookies did, and um, I think it'll be really interesting to to see what he can can go on to do. Um, the other uh, interesting thing for, for me and, and Mark may or may not be aware of this, he loves um, the giant tight ends and the Texans have two tight ends who are both 6'6 and over 250 pounds. Um, so there, there's plenty uh, for Mark to enjoy in, in those two guys. Uh, I think uh, the the... Derek Stingley Jr. will be the, the high point that they will be hoping that he can have a Patrick Surtained-like season.
2: Yeah, it was unusual, I suppose, how Derek Stingley came off the board because for so long he was injured and you know he was challenged whether really. he'd be ready to even to be ready for training camp. And then he goes third pick and then they come, they take Kenyon Green with with another pick in the first round. And, but there's an interesting player they're taking them of Alabama and Meshi, the wide receiver, and ultimately I think this is what this season's about. It's about these players that are going to come in, they're going to try gel them and see what they can get out of these rookies, because, I mean, we've seen all the players who have any ability to move on from the Texans, so it's it's a rebuild year, and yeah, Cody's enforcing, I suppose when Cody got, got sacked, I understood to a certain degree, because I felt that there was better head coaching opportunities out there, but then to obviously keep someone in-house, and and obviously Smith's okay in his own right. it's probably a good head coach, but to keep someone in-house, it just didn't make sense for me, but. They seem to be gradually moving on. We had Sean Prendergast on from local radio in Houston a number of times on the show, and he's been very kind of high on the way things have been run now. He thinks they've moved on from the Deshaun Watson era. So it's going to be a difficult year, but I still think we have a little bit of positivity and a little bit of light towards the end of the tunnel.
3: Yeah, he's a good head coach. He coached the Chicago Bears to a Super Bowl. Like, let's not throw him, you know, out with all the the dirty nappies, shall we say? He he's been out of the game for a little while, obviously after being with the Bucs, But he's a talented head coach. Column, I agree entirely though. Do the Texans deserve him? Do they deserve anyone? The way they treated David Cully last year, and they've been run as a franchise for last while. There's still a lot wrong in Houston and fans of the Texans will also acknowledge that with the continued influence of Jack Easterby, for example, um, there's a lot to be fixed still. That being said, they brought in Nick Casario, and the rebuild still hasn't kicked in yet. See how some of these young talents perform? I'm really interested to see Nico Collins. I actually think he will have a bit of a breakout year. Opposite Brandon Cooks, who still continues to be a very, very good wide receiver. But the sale still hasn't finished. Laramie Tunsil. I reckon will get traded out. I reckon they still haven't burnt it all fully to the ground yet before they build it back up. And they are relying upon Casario to deliver that from a GM perspective and probably and possibly and probably likely a new coach even at the end of the season because it doesn't feel like they're committing to Lovey Smith long-term and maybe they'll treat him as badly as they treated David Culley. This is a team still in flux, still in development to say the least dealing with the past mistakes of uh previous regimes and they have a long way to go and they may they're not as bad as Col- column's infamous rant at the aviva um start of the season last year um but they're not very good either uh and that's part of their challenge
0: i am looking forward to seeing the Texans give lovey smith a chance if he can turn this team into a over 4.5 win team He should be given another year. He might not be, but that's a different conversation for a different point in the season. Um, It's difficult. There's a lot of winnable games on the schedule for this team. There is. I'm not going to name the teams because I don't want to annoy people not listening or being here or whatever, but there are. Um, The reality is it doesn't really matter because they need to find a way to improve every position. It's not about winning for them this season. You know, Obviously, you go out to win a game, but they want to find a way in which they can sit at in February or in January and say to themselves, well, we improved here, for example, the quarterback with Davis Mills, but we really need to focus more on our special teams or our defense. And that's the major issue for the Texans this year. So for them, I think that's vital. Um, I mean, I like Brandon Cooks. Will he be there come week four? I don't know will he be there come the time this goes out? I don't know um, but I'd like to see them improve because I feel that the fans deserve a lot more than what they've had with Cully and stuff previously so we'll see what happens Um. and apparently Brandon Cook signed a contract so that's good I love the internet I love chats uh, let's have a chat about the Jacksonville Jaguars Um. another year coming to London in October and Colum. Trevor Lawrence, this is his debut season in the NFL, yeah, because last year didn't count with that complete clown as a head coach.
1: Yeah, it's eight months since Irvine Meyer moved on and everybody is still delighted. Uh South Park bigger longer on cut reference there. Yeah, look, my rant um was rendered, I suppose, a, a little bit useless last year because the, the circus uh, was truly in Jacksonville. I mean, I don't think we get the full extent of just how bad the Urban Meyer experience was. I think that will come out in the fullness of time. But he was kicking players. He didn't know their names. He didn't know guys' positions weeks into the season it emerged and I don't think people wanted to believe it when we were saying it that he wasn't in the dressing room giving out the game balls after that victory um, in London and like people were incredulous, they were like that can't be the case and lo and behold and Even over the past couple of weeks, as players have taken to the podium in Jacksonville and talked about the experiences, more and more has has leaked out. So, yeah, I agree. Like, you cannot take anything that happened last year at uh, face value. It is. It's a new start for Trevor Lawrence, except, you know, he he gets a a gimme uh, and he gets the experience that he had last year. This is about seeing what Trevor Lawrence can do. This is about seeing what uh, EDN can can do. Uh, Hopefully um, he can he can stay fit. They've brought guys in. Obviously, Trayvon Walker. uh, Let's let's see. Um, There's lots of intrigue around um, the, the Jags and. Um, You know, I I really don't think, you know, this is not probably, the Jags are not going, I don't believe, to the the playoffs. But are the Jags capable of doubling their number of wins from, from last season? Yeah, and then some, potentially. I mean, I think the Jags could realistically be a kind of a, a seven, eight win season. And if they have that, and if Trevor Lawrence has shown that he can be the guy, he has to show that. This is a guy who was talked about as the next generation talent, the next Andrew Luck, the next Peyton Manning, the next John Elway. Um He needs to to show what he can do. And that's what this season is about.
2: I don't think uh, Lawrence can have any... Um excuses come to the end of the season, no matter what the circumstances of the season. You bear in mind what they've done on free agency, and they got a lot of criticism because people have felt they overspent on players. Christian Cork got the monster contract. They brought in Evan Ingram from the Giants. Treadwell, the wide receiver. Zay Jones, the wide receiver. Uh, yeah, Etienne is back fully fifth this season after missing that one last year. They put weapons on the team, and then you look at the offensive line. Brandon Sheriff's come in. A couple of players from the NFC East experience, and that's kind of reflective of the head coach who's coming in, so he understands players, and He's been around that division for a long time, but me and Colin were forced to speak to two beat writers recently from the Jags, and the one overarching message was the fact that the head coach, never mind what's happened in the past, they've got a really good, strong head coach in there who's won the Super Bowl, who's delighted to be back in the league. He's also got a point to prove after the way the difficult ending in which he had in Philadelphia when he threw that game. So, um, look, um, he's going to make a point. Um, will they be better? They will. Um, they've also brought in a person on defence, so... I think overall things are going to improve for the I I actually see them in around five to six games. I know that sounds like not a lot, but bear in mind they've been the first round pick for the last couple of years. Um, Things can only improve, but I think it will be exciting to watch the Jags this year. I think we're going to see some really exciting games. I think the offense and Lawrence are going to be a little bit more action-packed than what we're used to seeing.
3: I love the way Brian just throws in there, you know, when he threw that game, just it si- si- into the DMs uh, effectively there. Um, look, um, actually, I didn't address Colin's point about me liking big men. Last year, we uh, were at the Dolphins-Jaguars game, and I couldn't get over just the size of Mike Gesicki at the Dolphins. Like, he's, he came to the podium, he's a massive man, he's a huge man. But one of the other things we did see there is we saw those Jaguars up, close and personal and we did see the craziness of Urban Meyer but equally the talent of Trevor Lawrence and the way in which he leans into that franchise player. I mean like you know signing autographs all the way around the stadium before the game kicks off he's playing that franchise that face of the franchise kind of role uh obviously given the Jags lean into London it's kind of like well he gets it he gets what his role is He also needs more talent around him and Christian Kirk's agents should negotiate the next salary negotiations for ourselves, for everyone of our family, because he clearly is doing an amazing job in terms of getting the best possible value out there. But, The big problem was they had no talent, they had no targets, they had no capability. They've done a job of improving that, as Brian alludes to. Travis Etienne's coming back from IR, and we were excited to see him last season when he was drafted and the connection him and Lawrence would have and how they bring that into the league. So it's a fascinating experience to see what they can do in a non-urban Maya type of environment. Um, And there is hope, obviously, in how it evolves and develops, but there's not enough there yet there's a reason they were still the number 1 pick this season um and there's a long road to recovery back can i see them improve up to 6 7 wins maybe yes can i see them being a logical threat for this division no um i think for me
0: the thing with Trevor Lawrence is you know if you go back and watch his tape in college there's obviously there's situations in college where he looked like he could be an elite quarterback in the NFL. Of course, he did because he went, you know, in the draft first pick. his elite talent. Everyone's talking about him, and then everything happened last year. What Doug Peterson needs to do is he needs to find a way to evolve Lawrence's game around some sort of offensive skill set that allows him to evolve as a quarterback and evolve as a player, and allow that to take time. Now, I personally think that might not take that long. You're bringing in Christian Kirk. Forget about the money situation. You're evolving the offence. You're evolving the offensive line to suit Trevor Lawrence. I think they go over six six 6.5 wins in this division. Um, I think they're going to be massively improved this season. And I'm excited to watch them. I think it's a good time to be a, a Jaguars fan. So, um, And that's one thing I think Colin mentioned as well. We haven't even seen the running back of uh, Etienne. Etienne? I can't even pronounce his name, Uh, so that's one thing as well, this is a lad, he'll go over 1,200 yards rushing this year, put that in tandem with Lawrence firing it down the field at 10 to 8 in the Sunday night hour time in red zone, I'm telling these boys, watch out for the Jaguars, something tells me I could be crying in October in London. Um, Right, Colin, would you like to go first with your predictions for this division?
1: Yeah, for, for me, uh, this is the the Colts are going to win this division for the first time since 2014. Uh, Jim Say has almost demanded that, and uh, I think he will get his wish. Uh, the Titans will finish second. The Jags will jump above. The Texans, they will finish third. And unfortunately for for the Texans, um, they will be bottom of the pile. But I, it will be at the end of the season. Is, is Davis Mills the guy for them or not.
2: I will keep it moving on to Mark because um, I fully agree with, with Colin on, on all four selections. I see finishing in that order. I will go as far as to say if they don't win the division, the Coles, I think the head coach's position might be under on the threat next year because this owner, who was very quick off the Mark last year when the season ended to get rid of the quarterback when essentially it wasn't really his decision, Um might see it differently this year if the, he feels he's put the players around, this head coach and GM. I swear he supported the GM and he supported the head coach. Um, will we see that head coach return if they don't make the playoffs? They should be in the playoffs, at least as a wild card. But I would agree that I think they should, they've enough to win this division this year.
3: Um, generally, when Jim Irsay demands something, uh, it happens. Like He's demanded plenty of rule changes in the NFL over the time, and the uh, league has complied with his demands in that regard. So if he's demanding a divisional title... Um, you can be sure that the Colts, therefore, are commanded to uh, address that demand. Um, I think it's going to be super close between them and the Titans. It's very possible, and I don't want to demean the Titans. As I say, when we went through it, I just feel that they've taken a little bit of a step back. They've taken lateral moves more than anything, and the Colts with the Ryan acquisition are going to take a leap forward. So Colts and Titans, again, as I said, the only two teams I think have a hope of winning this division, followed by the Jags, then the Texans. We have a full house. Yeah, I think the Jags will be a bit better than what
0: some of us have said here. Um, I do expect the Titans to take a step down this season, Um, but they're not stupid enough to to fire Vrabel, are they? Really? They wouldn't be, would they? Uh, Right, that's it for the AFC South preview. If you're a Titans fan you're pissed off or annoyed out of this, comment on this YouTube video, because this YouTube video is probably going to be titled why the Tennessee Titans will miss the playoffs this season. So let us know uh, what you think about us and our show. And please do like, subscribe, comment. Really appreciate it. Folks on YouTube means an awful lot to us. Believe me, it does. You know, it really, really does. Uh, Podcast, please subscribe. Please give us a rating. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, wherever you see our big bakes on the screen, please do it. Uh, At IRENFL on Twitter. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, the works lads were flying here. And big thanks to Cassidy Travel for the continued support, the travel partner of the Irish NFL show. Search Cassidy Travel on all social media formats and on your search uh, provider to find out really, really cool and extremely good value trips from Ireland to the USA for the NFL. Hey, until next time, Michael McQueen, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary. I'm Mr. Mark Cockrell. It's a uh, Slogafall well and keep her live. Goodbye.